Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff! We have a liftoff! Permission to board. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to bring me aboard. Permission to come aboard. Welcome to the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's D.A. All right, welcome inside the Permission Granted Podcast number 97. And as always, there's a multitude of ways for you to, for you to get this PGP. And that is on its own iTunes feed. Simply go to iTunes and search Permission Granted Podcast. It's always available on the normal iTunes podcast as well with the show. And then we post it on Facebook, facebook.com slash The DA Show. And we post it in uh, video form there, so check it out. And it's always available on our website as well, daoncbs.com. Now, with PGP number 97, this is a very significant number, coincidentally, 97 was my year of high school graduation, which was also the year that I taped my interviews with Mike and the Mad Dog as a high school project, which I posted on YouTube. And it just so happens that this week I sat down with the producers of an upcoming 30 for 30 on Mike and the Mad Dog that'll be broadcast on ESPN and, uh, and, and handed over the DVD. I handed over the tape that I had from high school to them. They might use this in the 30 for 30. So uh, Mraz joins me now. So hmm. I am a little worried. Well, what are you worried about? That you're not going to get the DVD back? Mm, I didn't even think about that. I didn't even realize that's how they would go about it. I thought they would ask like for an emailed copy of that. You actually handed them a hard disc? Yeah. And w- that was the one that you converted with the famous DVD converter that you got from your father. I have a VHS okay. copy of this of these interviews, which aired on my cable access station back in 97 in my hometown of Warwick, New York. It has not seen the light of day since it aired on cable access in 97, besides when I dug it out of the closet and put it on YouTube. So they saw this, and they got a hold of me, and they're like, hey, we saw your video. Uh, we're doing a 30 for 30 on Mike and the Mad Dog. We're kind of uh, angling uh, at least part of it towards people that have been influenced by them in the industry. Could we get a copy of your DVD uh, or a copy of the tape? And I was like, yeah, sure, actually. I just converted it. So they said, okay, great, hold on to that. So I actually had it professionally converted onto a DVD because I was just feeding it into my computer. Right. So I, uh, I was like, yeah, I have the DVD for you. And they said, okay, great. And they got back a hold of me. And they said, uh, we're going to come in and do interviews in New York City for people for this. Uh, maybe we can grab the DVD at that point in time. So just now, I just finished with them here in the, uh, in the studios. Okay, so what are you scared about? So I didn't even think about not getting the DVD back. Yeah, then you'd have to go through the pro. I mean, you have the other VHS. You're going to have to redo it. I mean, what, are they going to knock on your door one day with the tape? Got, uh, that's gone. No, they got to mail it back to me. Well, I mean, do you even have an address to contact them or anything? I have an email address, and I have their cell phone number. So, Producer what, Dan. 
how long do you wait to ask for it back? That's a great question. I don't know. Because you don't know when exactly they're finished. Do you know what I mean? Of course. It's a 30 for 30. And by the time this airs, I believe Francesca said on the air, I don't think I'm breaking any news here, it's going to air next March. Oh, okay. So we're looking at almost a year, well, I get me nine months away or whatever it is. <laughs> so you have to wait at least nine months before you can even ask. And then I'm sure it's going to come up with a follow-up question. Hey, did you ever get to that? You're not seeing that tape, if I do yeah. my math correctly, for a year and a half. <laughs> well, yeah, you're probably right. I mean, I, I was thinking about maybe in a couple of weeks just emailing them, hey, thanks for sitting down with me, and uh, if you need my mailing address to send back the DVD. But here's the thing. Here's I don't want to rush them because I want them to use it. And you want them to use you because you sat down for three questions, so you want to kind of not be a pest to the point right. where you're annoying them, and they're like, forget this guy. We're not giving him his 15 minutes. So that's the first <laughs> aggravation. Yes. <laughs> not aggravation, but uh, my, my first... Yeah, okay, so that's the That's first on one. you. You should have made two copies. That's not thinking ahead. <sighs> all right, so that's the first part. <laughs> okay, all right. Sorry for breaking news. I thought that's, that's where you were going. It's, it's very true, very true. Uh, the second part is being in a 30 for 30 would be awesome. Of course. Could only enhance the show, could only enhance the brand, could only enhance the mothership. And it would be very exciting. be a bucket list type thing. But... If they use this footage, which is the only value I bring to the table, it is at my most embarrassing. It is it is the worst hair that I've ever had, and that's saying something because I've had some bad hair. It is yeah, crazy. You don't look good. No, it's crazy weird bangs that are coming over my my head, and I think it's because I used to grow out my hair so long in high school. I kind of let it go into like a crazy realm, and you so ha- you have a Beavis and Butthead look to you. Yeah, and and the funny thing was, it was so long I didn't know how to make it look formal for an interview. So I, I combed it forward, <laughs> and it was terrible. It's okay. also 97, uh, so it was a little boy bandish. Number two, I didn't have a tie, I guess. I guess I didn't have a tie. I think I only had my dad's ties. So instead of, uh, to make it look formal, I buttoned my, my shirt all the way to the top to, like, cover up for the informality. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a terrible look. Yeah, it just looks, and it's, I don't even think it's tucked in, or if it is, it's just so it big. It is tucked in, and it's probably a, it's probably an XL, and at the time, I'm 17 years old and maybe 145 pounds, and I got an XL because my dad's going to buy the same size shirts that he wears for me, and it's the 90s, so you're supposed to wear a baggy. So it's just, this is going to be maybe my proudest moment on television, and it's going to be a nightmare. Well, I think I can help you with this. Nationally. 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 And... and this could become a thing where maybe you become a Twitter meme, you know, like the crying Jordan, like the overdressed DA. That could become something if it's 30 for 30 catches. Yeah. But I would say there's two questions I have or two points I can bring uh-huh. up. Obviously, your dad was unaware of how to dress you when he put you these oversized clothes. He yeah. was being a dad. Did your mom know you left the house that day looking like that? Yeah, probably. And she didn't care or didn't realize? I think at the moment, yeah. I just don't think at the moment she realized how bad it would look. Because um, remember, again, at the time, fashions do change pretty dramatically. Fair. But it's just going to look bad. In retrospect, it's going to look so bad. I mean, now it's 20 years past. I would say... Anything from 20 years ago is going to look pretty bad. I would say if you do get ribbing... I'm rationalizing this. Yeah. If you do get ribbing on this... Yeah. I think there will be one person extremely happy with the ribbing. Mm. That would be me. Yeah. Because if you go to the DA Show Facebook page, well, there's me at some quite vulnerable states. Yeah. 
and that ultimately now you can join the club of being yeah. in a vulnerable state for the world to see. Yeah, it's a great point. I, I've posted pictures of this video, obviously, on YouTube and still shots on Instagram and still shots of the yeah, Facebook. Yeah, but people have never heard of you or never heard the show, watch these Correct. 30 for 30s, right. and they're going to say, like, who is this doofus? Right. Who you know what? You, embra- you embrace it, though. You got to embrace it. Yeah, I think, I think if they, it's a small price to pay. If they use it, not that you want to make the show about yourself because it's about Mike and the Mad Dog, but you got to be prepared and have some kind of tweet drafted or or something along those lines. <laughs> like the Kembe Matumbo before the draft right, lottery. Almost to <laughs> almost to get ahead of and put up the old door of I'm yeah. not going to be made fun of by you people because I'm going to make fun of myself. Yeah, and you know what? I can be such a glutton for attention that uh, oh. that I don't I really wouldn't mind. If I end up becoming a meme for dressing poorly, that's fine. That's good business. Yeah, it's good business. In the in the bottom line. So then there's a third part that I'm now I'm really a little worried about. This has a lot of layers to it. I'd expect this to go this way. I think I droned on too long in my answers to where they might just cut you completely. Cut me completely. Cause oh, no. So when I sit down, see, I have a, uh, I have a skewed perception and experience with this documentary filmmakers. I have sat down with a couple of times and just, especially the top 10 for NFL films, they just let me go. They want me to speak at length about things that they can use little pieces about. Right, they could cut down exactly what they want out of that. So, like, as some background, when I tape these 30 for the the top 10s for NFL films, we block off, like, three hours for these because they have to put together, like, 10 shows, and they they sit you down for all 10 shows. So we, we block out two, three hours on these bad boys. So I came in here to do this. And I figured, yeah, at least 45 minutes to an hour. Right. I didn't realize they were done with me in 20 minutes. And so my first answer, they said, well, talk to us about, tell the story about interviewing Mike and the Mad Dog. That took up like 15 minutes of the 20 minutes because I just was going. I thought that we were going to have like an hour. Oh. So then everything else after that was like really abridged. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, so I think I blew it. Well, you can't blame yourself there because you've at least been, this isn't your first rodeo, so you were going based off your past experiences. Did you catch them rolling their eyes at each other as you were going on? (laughs) I didn't. um, I didn't, so I thought that if I had a 10-minute answer on the first part, set up the backstory, then... The second question, which would be like, we'll talk about listening to Mike and the Mad Dog growing up, would be another 10 minutes. And then, you know, what's your favorite moment of them on the air? That would be another five or 10 minutes. And, you know, I could. And then. Yeah, well, now here's your problem. Because if they use your footage with Mike and the Mad Dog, right? Yeah. Uh, they're going to use that. And you went on for 20 minutes. They don't need a lot of you explaining no, that. So, like, no. when they show that footage, where they, uh, really, where they really need you is you talk about your favorite moment or something like that. And yeah. you can be plugged in and maybe a variety of other people yeah. along the way. Yeah. So, now, what you gave them the most chunk of is probably the least that they needed <laughs> because they're just going to cut to their videos right. of the early days. That I don't know if you're making the cut. And I don't know if you get your DVDs back. I think this is panel <laughs> yeah. around. This a uh, strategic misstep because I've also sat down for uh, the New York based kind of top ten type series. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, right. I sat down with that. Have you seen the new Oh Yes? I have because there are several people I happen to be very friendly with on the show that I would never expect to be in TV. They're on the show. Did I make any of those? I haven't seen any of the. It's episodes. funny. I saw you make one of them. I can't tell you which one. It was okay. only because it was on the newsroom. All right. 
but I get a lot of Schwartz and Erica Herskowitz in my face. On the new ones? On the new ones still, yeah. Schwartz made a lot. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? Well, because Herskowitz has a great personality. She's quick. She's funny. I could see that. Schwartz. Uh, all right. <laughs> we love Pete. Again, this is the old preface on everything. Sure. Pete does a lot of, like, uh, Yankee-oriented stuff on there. He gives mm-hmm. a lot of Yankee takes, which, I, you know, whatever you want to say about Pete. The problem I have with Pete, <laughs> the least dressed person on the show when they do the headshots. What does he have? He's got, like, the big and tall T-shirts on. or He's like doing T-shirts. Or, like, a sweater, but, like, a sweater that looks like, you know, Chev- okay. Chevy Chase was wearing it in 1980. Like, okay, so not no, a lot of new product. Out-of-date sweater, like I would be wearing in 97. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not getting, like, I know you probably brought, like, six different shirts with you to change up, <laughs> that kind of deal. Pete's in, like, the same big dog shirt or sweater. Did he do the T-shirt? I saw him in one of them in a t-shirt. A I t-shirt. Did. I did. And I just... That's kind of informal. That's kind of dressed down. I just picture him going to soccer practice and Miller's afterwards with it. Yeah. So, yeah, I know you're in one... I can't tell you which episode. I saw you at least in one of them, but we saw a lot of Pete and a lot of Erica. I haven't seen any of those. I haven't seen the new episodes. Well, I don't know what time they air... You know, I always it's, seem like in reruns during the day. I think it's during Mets rain delays. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if there was like a Friday night, a new episode of Oh Yeah premieres. Like, I don't, I don't see the commercials for that. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know. I'd like to watch him. So anyway, that also I sat down for like two hours. So you were you had that mindset. I was in that going, mindset. I mean, they block out these. Well, now you know. For the next opportunity, where a thirty for thirty may come along, you know, thirty it's for thirty leadership too. Yeah, it's never going to come along again. So I, I, so then I at the end they could tell they were just like, so could you just do that in a more succinct? Form? Oh, they went back to that <laughs> level. That's well. Maybe, uh, maybe did you? So you had their email. Yeah. Maybe this would be good to revisit. You know, nine months from now, right before the thirty for thirty airs. Maybe get the director on our show, kind of promote that it's going to be coming up. Okay, and then have some fun with it, and, and <laughs> yeah. say, now be honest, I'm probably cut out of this. Did I go way too long? And maybe get him to have some fun with that. That's a good point. As he'll probably be relieved that the whole filming process is over. Maybe looking to have some fun with that, and we could revisit this. Yeah, I. Uh, you know, I think. My thoughts were, if I bring value to the 30 for 30, it's that I have old footage of them. Because who has that? Yeah, nobody, especially because they can only go back to video when they first started being simulcast on Yes, but well before oh, then two. they were together. Oh, two. So there's not much video. I got them I got them five years before they were simulcast. And before that, they started in like 88, 89, something like that, 87. So video cameras may not have existed. Well, they had video cameras, but... W- See, that's the thing. You would never have had random footage of them doing the talk show unless a news station came in to do a, a segment on them. So you do have the goods, is what you So saying. I have the goods. So I'm figuring, what my thought was is, if I bring any value to the table, everybody can talk about Mike and the Mad Dog and what they meant to the industry because everybody's told that story already. My background is, this was kind of crazy. I did a high school TV show and got to interview them, and they were great. They were so nice to me. And that meant a lot. So, um, so I'm, that's what my thought was like. Hey, this is I'm going to give you my the unique part is what this backstory is for me. Everything else, I'm just one of a million talking heads that hmm. will say they were really influential. So that's why you went really long with that part. Yeah, I thought that was the most value that I could bring them. But then I, but then I also thought the rest of my interview, the rest of my answers would go a little bit longer so that I could bring you like more insight. Because you know, well, I mean, also I'm a solo host that does a four hour show. I talk long. I'm not succinct. My my wonder is going in, I wonder if they already had their doubts and said, you know what, we got to throw this guy a bone and ask him a couple questions because yeah. we just want to let him know we really yeah. just want these videos. Yeah. And you were just yeah. maybe brought in there as a courtesy. Yeah. Uh, that's, 
you know, where they just want they wanted the goods with the video, but they didn't want to just take them, so they wanted to sit you down. And then later on, go listen. We had to cut you that out, whatever. And they've already got your videos in hand, which they'll probably never return. That could be it. So here's the thing: if all they do is use my video, you still made it. You're there, right? If if they only use my B-roll though, and I'm not even in the shot. Where, like, we're videotaping them, Mike and the Mad Dog, doing a show oh, in the studio. Oh, I didn't realize that was part of it. I that, thought it was just strictly the interviews you had with they them. Have some, uh, there's some B-roll on there. Oh, that's so- <laughs> brutal if that's the only way they go. <laughs> yeah, so that's worst-case scenario. They just use the footage. Of- that's a pretty bad worst-case scenario. Bad. I didn't even know that existed. Yeah, so then oh, I get a little credit. Uh, you know what you that see again on the editing part. You have to cut that part out and only give them you interviewing them. I like to under promise, over deliver. So I over delivered. I gave them footage. I know they're going to use that because who else again has footage of them doing a show from 1997? But the key is we need you in the Seinfeld puffy shirt on there. I know. So here's my thinking. I think they'll use some of the footage of them doing a show. My B-roll. Okay. I think they'll use one short snippet of me interviewing either Mike or Mad Dog. Like, maybe it's even just the video, not the audio, and me talking over it. Like, yeah, they influenced a bunch of us in the industry. And it's like video, and I'll just say something like, I got to interview them when I was in high school, and it'll be like a total of seven seconds, and I'll just say that, and then there'll be the video over it of me interviewing them, which, let me ask you. Out of everything that we've talked about and done at this point in time, mm-hmm. if I only got seven seconds out of 30 for 30, is it worth it? Yeah, 100% it is. Yeah. 100% it is. Because that 30 for 30 lives on forever. Right. It's a great doc, and that's one that's very highly anticipated. I think that's totally worth I it. I think that's more than likely what happens. I hope, though, that you do get that, and maybe it's not just like um, the opening 30 for 30 is the shot of you interviewing them quick, you know, like just kind of giving like a right. preface to them, being, and then you have no idea who that kid was in the beginning. Yes. You want them to know right. that that's Damon and Mendelora, right. not just some, oh, there's a, there you oh, look at that cute kid interviewing them at the yeah, beginning. That's a good point. And then point. all of a sudden, you know, 90 minutes later, it's over, and you forget about that first shot of the opening <laughs> series. There's a lot of things to watch here. I think... This is going to be good for us in March to build up, you know, the checklist of what will appear yeah. in the Mike and the Mad Dog 30 for 30. Yeah. I think there's a lot of ways yeah. we can go with this for the show next year. I think you're right. Uh, there's a lot. And there's a lot of uh, expectation and drama. What will happen? How much will I make uh, it into it? And um, Got to get that director on next year. Got to do it. When it's all said and I got done. his email. All right, well, that's good. I got his email. That's an easy guess that, uh, you know, we could book. And as me personally, that's yeah. a good way for me to get out of something there. Yeah, well, I'm glad that we talked this out because now it makes me feel a little bit better. I was uh, initially a little worried. but I'm, this, I'm just worried you're not going to get your tapes back. I, I really circle back to this. Well, if I, I can't believe you didn't make a second copy. If if I'm in the if I'm in the 30 for 30 for 20 total seconds but don't get my video back, is it worth it? <sighs> yeah, it's worth it. I just hope you see if it was me. Yeah. I would be too lazy to go back and get them professionally done again. So I hope that you don't follow through in the laziness and you just go make sure you still get those copies redone professionally again. Yeah, I do have the original still, so I can go get another professional copy done. That's my point. Make sure you go get another professional copy, which you should have probably done to begin with and got two, but it's still worth it. If you're on there, it's worth it. So I thought that maybe they would bring up me and Mike and our tete-a-tete. Nothing, huh? They did not bring that up. Well, you know why they probably didn't? Because this is about Mike and the Mad Dog. It's not about Mike solo. Good point. That's a good point. They're trying to harp on them together in their career, not what Mike did since. Oh, look, ever since Mike left with Dog, he, you know, was fighting with DA about initials. 
I don't think they want to go down that road. No, that's a great point. I'm and I'm trying to think of my answers. I um I did make a comment about how embarrassing my hair and my clothes were. So that would be funny if they included that with the video. I don't think they're going to do that. Maybe not. Because the focus isn't on you there. The focus is still on Mike and the Mad Dog. Good point. You're thinking like a director. This is very smart of you. <laughs> um, I also, they said, so did you consider them idols? And I never considered Mike and the Mad Dog idols because I, mm. and I, my answer was, um, I never thought I could be who they were, but they definitely influenced me in what I want to do in a radio show. I so, think that's a fair answer that they could use, unless they're really looking to just soak and milk and get people to yeah, say they are idols. Right. But I, I would hope not. You know, use what but people's would, honest opinions were. And I would come off as a phony if I said they were my idol. Right. Because I never. Because I think when you think of idols, you think of people you want to emulate. You you want to be in their spot. Right. And there's no way I ever said, like, yeah, I want to be Mike Francesa because there's only one Mike. And I, you can never say I want to be Russo. You can only say I want to do a talk show that has some of those elements to it. Right, and listening to them influenced me to be yeah. who I, I think you nailed it on that because I would agree, too. And then they also asked me, did I think that it influenced a bunch, a, a generation of sports talkers and sports media? And I said, yes. I think absolutely. I and think for sure. Specifically New Yorkers. 100%. So a lot, a lot of the reason anybody who works in this building even got to this point was listening to Mike and the Mad Dog. Yeah, yeah. And I also brought up that Mike and the Mad Dog kind of also hit a moment in time perfectly because they started in, let's say, 87 or 88. I think it was 87. They became really big by 89. And then by 90, they're like the go-to show. Well, from 1990 through 1999 is arguably the greatest decade in New York sports. Maybe you got to go back to the 50s when the Yankees are dominant, the Dodgers are in there every year, and the Giants are really good. But in terms of modern era, the 1990s started with the Giants winning a Super Bowl. By 93, Riley and the Knicks are in the playoffs battling for a championship every year. 94, they get to the finals. Uh, and again, for the whole decade, they're really competitive. They're rivaling, they're rivaling Jordan and the Bulls. They're rivaling Reggie Miller and the Pacers. Those games are always great. The Rangers win the Stanley Cup. Yep. By 95, the Yankees are out of the doldrums. They make the playoffs. 96, they win a championship. 98, 99, 2000 Subway Series. So I kind of pointed out that, like, Mike and the Mad Dog's heyday was during New York sports' heyday. That's a great point. That, that I never thought of it that way, but that's a great point. The 90s were great for New York sports, and that's where they kind of made their mark. They so were, I, I wonder, though, I know they were already big by 89, but did they just keep growing because of... New York sports' great decade, do they owe a lot of what they did to that great golden era? Well, I think they they capitalized on all of their shows seemed to mean so much. Right. Right. When they would go on the road when the Rangers were in the playoffs, when they went to Vancouver for the Stanley Cup, they didn't go on the road for the Rangers a lot. But they go on the road, so you remember them doing this show and had the Stanley Cup as the background. They were traveling for Knicks playoff series. As a Mets fan, I remember they didn't talk about the Mets a lot because during the 90s, the Mets weren't very good. I remember them talking about the Yankees a lot in 96 and 98. And, and so they are attached to these. You had to hear what they were going to say the next day because all these teams were playing really important things. That's an excellent uh, point. Really important games. So I brought that up. I wonder if that will um, that will be used. That, that could be a savior for you. That's that a could. good answer. That could save you and get you from 20 seconds to 26 seconds. <laughs> or seven seconds from 20 seconds. <laughs> right. I think that's a saving answer for you. Okay. So this is something we're going to have to try. I know we're, you know, we can't forget about this. You know, we're going to go through a whole football season where this isn't going to matter. <laughs> right. 
But after the Super Bowl, as the march to this 30 yeah. for 30 comes, comes, we have to harp on this. And we have to revisit this. And we have to get the director on and figure out what exactly made it. And I'm glad that we're doing this now. It's helping me emotionally. Uh, it's a therapy rehab, session. Rehab, yeah. And then also it's it's documenting what my thoughts immediately are after this so that we can go back and I'll remember what I had said. We can it's listen to this. all there. It's always archived. I'm played on it, thankfully. <laughs> I'm played on it. Okay, side B is coming up right now. James Ward twists his ankle and it's gruesome. That's coming up. Side B, this is the Permission Granted Podcast number 97. All right, welcome into Side B of the Permission Granted Podcast. This is Mraz, the executive producer of the DA Show. You can follow me on Twitter, at MrazCBSS. This is our last Permission Granted Podcast in July. We're closing in on PGP 100, which will come out towards the end of July, which I know we are really excited about. cannot believe we have done this many Permission Granted Podcasts. But something we've talked about the last three weeks is we've heard Joe D after Joe D after Joe D on the PGP we have lifted a suspension. James Ward is back. Suddenly feels okay to join us. James, welcome back to the Permission Granted Podcast. Well, it's good to be back, and I guess that means I need to be interesting this week so that I get invited back. Yeah, that that well, right away, you're going to be interesting. There's something we have to get into off the bat. Is the reason technically you are available on your day off here via phone, as many people are wondering why you sound like that, you're not in studio with me, is because... For some reason or somehow, we got to hear this, your ankle has ballooned. I just saw this picture. I don't know if, you, if you've if you tweeted it out, if you want to tweet it out at James Ward CBS, but you have an ankle right now that looks like if you were watching Law & Order or CSI or one of these shows where they show like a, a dead body scene at the morgue, you look like you have a dead man's foot. What happened to you? So let me get into the backstory first. So usually on a Monday or Tuesday, you, you, you hit me up and... Usually you give me about 20 minutes notice, and usually <laughs> I like to I like to do things on my days off, so I'm actually usually doing something else. Right. Today I actually hit you up and said, listen, Sean, I'm around all day. Anytime you want to fil- tape this PGP, <laughs> I am ready to go. So I'm, I'm around. I'm ready to go. Let's do this. So it's, it's, um, Yeah, it's nice to be used on this end, but that's good. Okay. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Well, I usually give me 15 minutes notice, so this, this time I, uh, I'm ready to go. Well... Saturday night, as I usually do on the weekends, I work during the day, I get home, and then I'll go play basketball in the park at night because it's just, I feel like I've been sitting around all day. It gives me something to do. You play like, uh, you play with other people? Like you jump on like some kind of game? Yeah, always random. There's a a park um, about two blocks away from where I live in New York that there's always games going on. Half court games, not too intense, but you know, there's always a couple people trying to start up a game. So there's always something to get involved in. Okay. So Saturday night, come home from work, walk to the park. Just There's actually no one around. I start shooting around, not feeling it. And I'm kind of like, you know what, maybe I'm just going to go home, not feeling good today, whatever. All of a sudden, guys show up. Guys want to play a game. Of course, I'm interested, right? I mean, it's kind of what I what You, ha- I went you there have to, do. to, otherwise you're just looking like the loser shooting hoops by himself like you're nine years old in your driveway. Right, right. So I wanted to get involved. I we we chose teams. I I start playing, and then like the second play in, I jump up to block a shot. Not even anything ridiculous. The guy's you know taking a jumper. I jump up, put a hand in his face like you're supposed to do, and I come down and I land awkwardly on my oh. ankle, like right on the side, and it just rolled it. I fell to the ground, um, and I I was in in a ton of pain. 
uh, stop the game. The guy that actually took the shot apologized to me. Well, he doesn't have like, to apologize. Bro, bro, no need to apologize. You're trying like to matumbo you know, him. I mean, geez. Yeah. <laughs> just like a basketball sprained ankle. Uh, kind of hobble off to the side and then hobble home, get upstairs, and I just like, not like, it was, I was in so much pain. I looked at it and I've got like a softball on my oh. ankle. It actually pains me because I've seen the picture. And again, um, hopefully James will tweet it out if you guys are listening to this or it'll be on his Twitter feed at some point. It is so disgusting and so gross. And anybody who's played basketball their whole lives, like, you know, we're 20, I'm 29, I believe, what are you, 30, James? What, I don't know, how old are you? You're a mystery. I, I'm 32. All right, I'll be 33 in two months. All right, so Ward's, Ward's 32, 33. But anybody who's played basketball their whole lives, at some point – the inevitable has happened where you've gone up for a rebound and you've rolled your ankle, just coming down awkwardly. It happens to basketball all the time. It's just a matter of how severe it has happened. Me, back in 2003, I actually tore two ligaments in my ankles coming down on a rebound because obviously that was a lot of weight crashing down. And I can still feel the pain to this day. Did you go to the doctor? Do you know if you have any ligament damage? I do not. I am still kind of waiting that out. Um, it's okay. been about 36 hours since the injury. A lot of ice. You're trying to get the swelling down, I assume. A lot, a lot of ice. A lot of elevation. Big compression socks. When I'm kind of walking around, I even bought oh. a pair of crutch, crutches so I don't have to actually lean on it. The oh. swelling's gone gone down a lot, but it still is. I mean, the, I sent you a picture today. This it's still disgusting. Yeah, that, this is no good, James. How are you getting around? Because you live in Manhattan, you don't have a car, so you got to walk around places, get on trains. How are you getting around? Hobbling. <laughs> That's no there's, good. There's nothing I could do, and and my girlfriend's away, so I'm responsible for the dog. I live in a fifth floor walk up apartment. Oh, see, this so, is where living in the city again. You get hurt like that. You have a dog. How are you d- surviving living in the city like that? You got to walk up the stairs. You got to walk your dog. It's a disgrace. It's it's. I feel a little bit better today, which is why I'm not as concerned as I was yesterday. I could hobble down the stairs. I could you know kind of walk the dog around the block. While I'm not doing that, or when I'm not doing that, I'm icing it and keeping well, it. Well, hold on now. Now, you, what's your dog's name? Max. Max. Okay, Max. Very cute pug. I think it's a pug, right? Yeah, Max is a very cute pug. Very cute pug. We I see it on your Instagram all the time. If, now, if Max squats down to uh, do his business, quote unquote, on the sidewalk, you on now one leg, a bending down with the pooper scooper to pick this the crap up on a bad ankle. Yeah, it's actually. It's a weird thing to do because I kind of have to, like, lean on my left leg, which is my good leg, oh. and then kind of drag the right leg out behind and then lean over and then use, like, my hand to kind of push myself back up. Oh, it's- that is so disgusting. That's an accident waiting to happen, James. You're going to end up with, you know, Max's pucky poo on your hand at some point here. It's It's gotten a little dicey. I don't – I mean – I'm not going to lie. This isn't the first time I thought about that. It's just it's a, it's an awkward situation because I got to kind of lean over and and balance myself, and I'm not good at either of those things right now on one leg. This is no good. And I tell you, Axe not going to be happy on Friday when he orders pizza, and you're not going down the stairs to get it with him. I, I'm hoping I'm better by Friday, dude. I've seen honest. the picture. You're not going to be better by Friday. You have to settle. This is going to be a month long situation for you. Well, I was talking about it with Joe D over the weekend, and Joe D played some soccer. He's an athletic guy, and he said, "Bro, you're you're out two to three weeks minimum." That's what I think. Which, I think it, I think this is a two to four weeker. And and again, I played sports all my life. I played basketball. Who hasn't rolled their ankle playing basketball? It happened, and I was like, "Oh, oh, geez, this is worse than usual." But I still dumbly thought I'd be able to, you know, do things a couple days later. 
You, you're an idiot. You are an my, idiot. My summer league uh, men's rec basketball team starts our, our summer season tonight, and I can't play. Yeah, I would I would say that you're going to be out a couple games for that. And I think they need you because they only had about five guys, right? Well, I think we have about six guys, but at the moment I am uh, I'm one of the, the bigger guys, so I, I we kind of need my size inside. Oh, here we go. Tap, tooting his own horn. All right, well, let's yeah. get away from your ankle for a sec. And something I'm going to bring you live action at the time of this recording, James, because you're not sitting in front of me. And directly in front, I'm in a production studio, uh, CBS Sports Radio and WFAN Share Studios. WFAN, the station you hear, Boomer and Carton, Mike, Mike Francesa on in New York. We kind of share uh, a bunch of studios here. I'm in a production studio, and directly across is the studio that Boomer and Carton, if you catch them on TV, on CBS Sports Network in the morning use. Right now in there is a full-fledged, what looks like a full-fledged movie crew, a bunch of interviews being had. It turns out I did some poking around. They are currently filming the Mike and the Mad Dog ESPN 30 for 30 right now, James. So they're, they're pot committed here. Like the 30, I thought the 30 for 30, they would show footage over the years, just talk to Mike and Chris. They're doing a lot of random interviews now for this 30 for 30 directly across here in the Boomer Carton studios. That's great news. And as, as a lifelong Mike and the Mad Dog supporter, that might be the the thirty for thirty that I'm most interested in in watching. But it's it, you hear about stuff like this starting to happen. But if they're investing that much time into a film crew and to you know a big production right. and coming to New York to film it, that means it's definitely going to happen. So that that that's good to hear for me. Well, not only definitely going to happen. I think I'm looking at this from an interesting standpoint. Like this, we've all seen these ESPN thirty for thirties. The latest one, I, James, you never got into, right? The OJ Made in America. I was late to the party. I finished it. Were you in on well, it or no? Well, the, one of the perks of not actually having to do anything today is I've watched the first four episodes of O.J. Made in America. Okay, so. okay, good. I'm going to bring that up in a second then if you did that. Uh, all right, but... Yeah, I haven't watched the last the last one yet, but I, I've watched the first four. You've seen enough that you get the gist, right? Well, the point, yeah, absolutely. The, the point being, though, what I'm talking about with those, or any of these that have gone down, is the quality has gotten better over the years, and I always kind of wonder, okay, so they find a bunch of people they're going to interview... And because they're not like Paramount pictures or anything like that, I assumed it was kind of just really good editing with like one guy coming in with a camera. You know what I mean? Like it's one camera, one guy doing the interview, stuff like this. When I tell you this looks like they're filming a De Niro movie in the middle of the city, that's what this this crew reminds me of right now. Like there's multiple people, there's boom mics, there's microphones all over the place. This is a real setup. So this is really, if they, this is how they do these 30 for 30s is, Maybe I'm just a dope when it comes to, you know, picturing movie film crews, but this is pretty insane and intense of what's going on. And, uh, yeah, I think this is going to look awesome when it comes out. It's funny that you say that because our our uh, our experience watching TV shows being filmed is usually simulcast of radio shows. Right. And there's no one here or, you know, when Francesa was on, yes, or Fox Sports 1 or the Gottlieb show that's on the CBS Sports Network. There's no one actually in the studio with those guys filming. It's all, you know, compu- uh, computerized I mean, I like cameras robot, from, yeah, com- robot cameras, and they take the sound from the radio. So I, like you, I kind of thought that with the 30 for 30s, it was just kind of, you know, the director asking the questions and one guy there with a camera, and they got the guy with a, with a mic microphone and, you know, sort of a small operation, but. No, this is interesting that there's a lot of people there. This is a pretty big operation. So the other thing I'm doing is after I get done with this, I'm kind of standing around, and I'm hoping one of these guys will just tap me. Hey, you ever listen to Mike? Hoping for a little extra B-roll, maybe sneak my way in, just like D.A. is sneaking his way into the movie 
with his high school interviews of Mike and the Mad Dog, which they've uh, he's mentioned on the show how they've contacted him. If I could sneak my way in there with the stained polo I'm wearing now, I think that would be a big win for the show in general. <laughs> a little little promotion now. Now you know how they always say, um, you know, it'll say Sean Mraz, or and it, underneath it, it'll say like your affiliation. Yeah, your affiliation. What would your affiliation to Mike and the Mad Dog be? Would it just say fan or listener, producer oh, of the DA show? Good point. I think it would have to say. I think it would have to say DA show CBS Sports Radio underneath, right? Or maybe just CBS Sports Radio if they want to get real short. Uh, however, I would assume I was kind of doing a mock of this by myself, uh, sort of how I've mentioned in the past. I've pictured you know Ryan Callahan getting the Stanley Cup while I'm in the shower, stuff like that. I was kind of picturing, you know, I, you know, I was fake doing my fake voice where it's like, oh, you know, I used to listen to Mike and the Mad Dog. That's part of the reason I'm in the, you know, just really part sell high. I'm looking for 30 seconds in the Mike and the Mad Dog, 30 for 30. And I never even thought about it until I see this crew here. And I'm going, who knows? Maybe they need some filler. Why not come to me? I'm pretty, right? Yeah, I used to I used to make Subway sandwiches and listen to Mike and the Mad Dog all the time. <laughs> <laughs> listening, listening to Mike and the Mad Dog makes me think of putting mayo on roast beef. Right. <laughs> it's a good point. So I'll, I'll say this. If the Mike and the Mad Dog 30 for 30 crew happens to be a fan of our Permission Graded podcast, maybe they are uh, on Play.it, and they want to come back. If I don't get on after filming this podcast and interview me, sure, I'll hop on with you. Why, got, why not? Get me involved. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll make a separate trip to the city just to get your memories of listening to the Mike and the Mad Dog show. I think that would be great. And then maybe we could, you know, talk to him about futurely doing, you know, a 30 for 30 on the chicken challenges. I think that could be a way we go about this. Uh, oh, 30 for 30 on the chicken challenge would be tremendous. I, I do it like, you know, oh, now we're talking. Now we are With talking. The dramatic music. Now, you know how a lot of the times in, in these 30 for 30s, they sort of break news and there's things that come out that no one knew about before. Right. If there was a 30 for 30 on the Chicken Challenge Part 2, would you finally admit that you threw the event? I didn't throw the You're another one who thinks I threw the event? I didn't throw the event. Stop saying I threw the event. I, th- I think there's a chance that you threw the event. No, I can tell you there's a 0% chance I threw the event. I was stunned. I'm not happy that, that I lost, but to, to challenge my integrity in that way is just its a shame. I don't know. I've never seen you eat like such a slouch in my life. That don't, was like a me performance. It was. Listen, we're not. I'm not going back down this road. I've said my piece. This is obviously something that's going to haunt me my eating career forever. I'm not going down that road. Okay. And speaking of which, by the way, are you pumped to see Joey Chestnut in the studio with some hot dogs on Thursday? Oh yeah. I'm, yes. I'm. A, I'm very happy about that because I'll actually. There's a rumor that we'll actually be able to eat some of these hot dogs, right? Right. So now, for those listeners who are unaware, uh, I think we mentioned it briefly on the show. We are, me and James, at this point, are taping this on Monday afternoon, okay, for timing purposes. Thursday of this week, uh, heading into 4th of July weekend, Joey Chestnut and new champion Matt Stoney of the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating uh, Contest are scheduled to be in studio on the DA show on Thursday. Now, rather than do our normal wienership, which we're still working out details to do something like that later in July, whether it be the Bayou Bear or something like that, we'll see. You know, I haven't formally retired yet, but we'll see what, what happens. These guys are going to be in studio promoting the event. They're bringing some Nathan's hot dogs. And I think we have something really cool planned that I'll let DA announce later on with them uh, involving hot dogs. So bottom line is this. We're going to get some really cool eating going on that's not necessarily an eating contest on Thursday in the show. I know me and Warder there will be pretty pumped. Chow down on some Nathan's dogs, not for sport. Yeah, I, and 
just the brief newsroom discussions we've had and sort of planning of the event, I'm very excited for it. I think listeners will be very excited to, to hear what we have in store. That's a good tease. Now, before we wrap up, you mentioned uh, little reveals in these 30 for 30s. You said you're four episodes in uh, out of the five to the OJ Made in America, which I watched in full last week. I know we're probably two weeks behind. Maybe there's some people like us who are just catching up or, or you guys are, who have watched it are two weeks behind. I know DA was into it too. What, what is your biggest takeaway? At least through the Now, granted, you've only watched four. Your biggest takeaway on the whole thing? My biggest takeaway, I'm not really sure. I I really like the OJ trial. I've read books about it. Um, I watched the entire show on FX. It's really well done, but there's not a lot that I didn't really know before. It's just like a more descriptive version of, you know, all of the story and all of the backstory. Right. The, you forget, and I know you're a little bit younger than I am, but you forget really how much of the country was divided on the trial based on all the racial racial issues. Right. Because if you listen to, like, the way the evidence is portrayed, it's kind of like, wait a minute, and he got away with it? How did that happen? Yeah, yeah, I think it's crazy. And I think in episode four, I believe, was four when he was acquitted or five, the beginning of five? Four, it's just the trial. Okay, so you know what? It hasn't I'm, happened yet. I'm not going to ruin it. There's something on five that we can talk about at a later date. Uh, my biggest takeaway is the Marcus Allen stuff. I, I haven't seen a lot of the Marcus Allen stuff getting run on Twitter, but the fact that Marcus Allen, whether OJ and Nicole were separated or not, was supposedly sleeping with Nicole Brown Simpson at the time uh, or right before the murders and stuff, and they had kind of had a fling. And then there's a a time, I guess it's in 1996, two years after the trial, when Marcus Allen's asked about it, and they have that footage in there in one of the episodes, and he denies the whole thing. But I, I there was like more than a couple times in, in different episodes where Marcus Allen has gone back, and that's referenced even briefly. It was as if the, the directors didn't want to absolutely harp on it and destroy Marcus Allen. Because, again, Marcus Allen didn't necessarily have anything to do. He wasn't the murderer or anything like that. But Marcus Allen getting with OJ's you know ex or current or whatever was going on there, he's sticking his nose there. I kind of became you know blown away. Like, what is Marcus Allen doing, you know? Yeah, and it was interesting because it was obvious, like, the connection that they made in the, in the 30 for 30. And again, I agree with you. It's not something that re- they really wanted to harp on, but they definitely put it out there for people to talk about. Yes, but they left Marcus enough of a breadcrumb. Yes, right. And Marcus was sort of like a like a little OJ. He was, you know, five. I want to say five years younger than him, maybe like a little bit more. But they just sort of had the same career, the USC, and then if if the rumors are true, then they, he ended up getting with Nicole Brown Simpson too. But it was crazy, and it had the footage of people. Like, everyone was talking about it like it was, like, a thing that actually happened. But then Marcus totally denied it. It was – there was definitely something there, and it was interesting that they brought it up in the documentary. Yeah, that was the one thing I would say that you didn't necessarily know. I thought that was pretty incredible. And I would also add that this documentary just shows you how good the FX documentary was and how pretty accurate it was and the character portrayals other than Cuba Gooden Jr.'s OJ, which just didn't look like him at all. But every other character, the makeup artist, the costume the costume artist, it was unbelievable how they nailed everybody else. Even Schwimmer's Robert Kardashian was pretty damn good. Yeah, and it's crazy because that's I think that's one of the things that the FX series got, you know, a claim that they actually should have gotten. They didn't really change anything. 
And that's the, the crazy thing about this whole trial is that the trial was like a legitimate murder trial, but there was so many, so much drama and so many storylines that they didn't have to change anything for it to be a 10 hour TV miniseries that was dramatic enough for it to be interesting. They didn't change anything. That's that's a great point. That's unbelievable. It just shows you how good. So I would say this, as me and Moore get ready to wrap here, if you haven't watched the OJ Made in America 30 for 35-part series, it, it's a lot of time invested because without commercials on demand or online at the Watch ESPN app, I know they're, they're about an hour and a half each, okay? Seems like a long time, but believe me, once you get past that first one with the whole background, they fly, you're hooked. I can highly recommend it, you know, you're up late at night watching them, or you have a day off, and you know, rainy day in the summer. What? Get through them, watch them. If you haven't seen the FX series and you're looking for, because not any new shows that come out over the summer, essentially, there's some, but that's not prime TV time. And you're looking for, you know, just to watch a show once a week. What? Go watch those FX ones because they were excellent too. I highly recommend both. I know James, you do too. Yeah, absolutely. And I've watched again. I'm not doing anything today. Just laying here with my bum ankle. I've watched three of the OJ Married America today. And they are long, but they are well worth it. And the FX series was actually excellent as well. Exactly. So, Ward, go rest that ankle. Go watch the fifth one. And hopefully we'll see you hobbling here on Wednesday. I will be hobbling in there. You can count on that. All right. Well, uh, James Ward, CBS, is where you can find him on Twitter. Hopefully he gets that picture out of that ankle that just looks awful. Me on Twitter and Instagram is CBS. Thank you, everybody. Have a tremendous week. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.